How's it going, everyone? It is Joey Garza here with the Anti-Stigma Mental Health Club podcast. Now, traditionally, we've done real stories by real people, but we're wanting to switch it up a little bit and give a little bit more information out to our communities. So today, my special guest is Luis, who's the founder of Psychosocial, and today we're going to be talking about a real topic, and today's topic is going to be, what is stigma? So how's it going, Luis? Hey, Joey. Going pretty well. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Can't complain. Pretty excited to finally have this conversation with you. Um, so yeah, you know, first I'd like to give you the opportunity to just introduce yourself a little bit, let them know a little bit more of your background, and then let's hop into it. Of course, of course. So my name is Luis Cormejo, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist in the state of California, uh, specifically the San Francisco Bay Area. I am the founder of Psychosocial Media, which is a multimedia platform designed to educate folks about mental health and destigmatizing mental illness. I'm also the founder of Psychosocial Therapy, which is my private practice where I see clients um, through teletherapy. I specifically focus on BIPOC and LGBTQ folks. Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm definitely excited that you were able to join me today and definitely alongside with one of our partner organizations because I think what we're all we're all doing is trying to fight the same mission right now and so yes. I think it's super exciting when I get to sit down and actually have a conversation because sometimes life gets super hectic um, so let's start off with the big question what is stigma yeah yeah so stigma for me the way I've defined it and I think has been helpful in putting it into context is really uh, this phenomenon, right, of utilizing shame around a specific topics, right, and it can it could be around things like culture, gender, economic class, age, sexual orientation, even health, right. So that includes mental health, and so stigma is really this this word used to describe uh, shame embedded into these different topics, right. So when we say uh, mental health stigma, we're talking about all the messages that we receive and get around why uh, mental health shouldn't be talked about, right? So it's not a good thing. It's mm -hmm, definitely mm -hmm. something that plagues uh, different areas in social life and, and how it impacts us in our daily interactions, right? So it can be something like only crazy people go to therapy, right? Mm -hmm. That's a stigma right there. It's, it's insinuating that people can't benefit from emotional support or from talking about their problems, but that you have to be quote unquote crazy, uh, you know, which in itself implies that you're unstable and, and able to handle yourself. And so that's a stigma, right? And, and, it, and its function is to keep people in a state of shame, right? So someone who believes only crazy people go to therapy, even though they might have depression or anxiety, might avoid going to therapy or asking for help because mm -hmm. there's a shame implemented into mental health, right? That stigma. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's beautifully said. And I think that it's important that we know that it's not just certain people can deal with stigmas it's everyone for so many different reasons and you know it could be height it, it, you where you're from the color of your skin all these things can have a stigma to it and i think that especially in the mental health community we get faced with so many different types of stigmas that it really is like a lot easier for people to isolate because you're less likely to deal with the stigma because you're not allowing another person into your space or allowing someone else to have an opinion over what you're going through. And I think that 
all of us trying to, you know, destigmatize mental health is so important. Now, with some of the labels that you've run across in your time being a mental health professional, what are some of the labels that you find are common and what do you suggest people do about facing those stigmas? Yeah, yeah. The main one I just shared was, you know, only crazy people go to therapy. Mm -hmm. A lot of people come to see me with the implication that there's something extremely wrong with them or that they're crazy because they need to see me. And I have to normalize the fact that we all can benefit from therapy, that Mm -hmm. we all go through situations, whether it's loss, whether it's trauma, whether it's anxiety, increased anxiety, right, where Mm -hmm. we're dealing with things that are keeping us from living the life we want. And that it's okay to talk about these things. So that's one big one is, right, crazy people go to therapy. Another one is men, you know, shouldn't talk about their feelings or they shouldn't go to therapy too, right? Because there's this implication that men uh, should be strong. They don't need to talk about their feelings. They shouldn't cry. They shouldn't show emotions. Uh, There's other stuff too, like therapy for white people. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, yes, therapy is definitely something that was created by more of the Western culture, right? Starting with Freud and a lot of other psycho mm-hmm. uh, analysts that created therapy and that what the concept of therapy is. Yet at the same time, it's changed over the years. There's a lot of folks of color who are doing their own research and actually reinventing the way that therapy and the process has been uh, has been you know done. And that also includes more insight and more research into how folks of color. Uh, are impacted by mental health challenges. So I think that's another thing also with stigma is that before it was like, oh, well, it's the luxury, you know, to white people, like people of color, you know, Latinos, black folks, Asian folks don't go to therapy. And now it's, that dynamic is changing and we're starting to see more people go into the field, but it's still a big stigma for so many cultures, right? That uh, it's, it's a white thing. Um, other things I've maybe heard are, uh, you know, you only go to therapy when you have problems. That's mm-hmm. not true. Some people would like to come to therapy because they find it helpful to have a space where they can express themselves and also learn tools to manage stress, to manage grief, to manage relationship stress, whatever the case may be. But there's a lot of different reasons why people seek therapy. Um, you know, and also the other, I think the last one that I want to share, there's, there's quite a few. And mm-hmm. We hear yes. them all over the place. But uh, the other uh, stigma that I hear is that the majority of people who have mental health issues are on the extreme side, right? Like people with schizophrenia, mm-hmm. people with bipolar, when in reality, they're actually the lower percentage. Most people are actually impacted by things like depression and anxiety, and they're the most common mm-hmm. mental health challenges uh, in general. So, you know, there's that stigma that, oh, you might be like schizophrenic, or you might be bipolar, or you might be like severely, you know, something for you to need help or for you to have a mental health issue. But it's actually day-to-day stuff. I mean, some of us have to navigate work, relationships, all of these responsibilities and it causes a lot of stress and a lot of self-doubt sometimes or anxiety or depression and i think that's a big misconception right that we don't need to get help just because there's there's things that we need to handle and the reality is that we're humans mm-hmm. right we, we are going to experience stressors um you know and i think that one way to really recognize it and put a stop to it is acknowledging right that stigma is out there it looks it can look like many different things, right? We get it from the media, from TVs, from movies. We get it from the radio. We get it from our parents. We get it from friends. We get it from our education system. We get it from so many places. So stigma is really out there and it comes in a lot of mediums. So it's important for us to be aware of what that looks like. And I will say that one tip for people to 
take a way to acknowledge and kind of figure out which when stigma is happening mm-hmm. is anytime anyone makes any comments about mental health or about our abilities that's when there's a red flag there mm-hmm. right because mental health is something that we all have every single person and we all experience certain levels and degrees of distress based on our situations and our experiences so there's no way for someone to say you know oh i'm perfectly sane and you're something there's something wrong with you or whenever you hear judgments about mental health those are stigmas so it's good to know how to how to uh, see them but also how to address them right even in movies when you're seeing characters play out certain uh, mental health diagnoses and sometimes you know obviously it's going to be dramatized uh, to realize that people have to navigate and manage these things on a daily basis and it is very stigmatic to make assumptions or to uh, label people based on you know their mental health mm-hmm. challenges right whether oh they're unstable they're crazy they're not dependable they're bad people and being aware of that um, and I think that another way to also challenge that is to have conversations about this, right? To be able to talk about mental health. I'm not saying that you have to share your whole history if you don't feel safe, but at least to normalize it, right? If mm-hmm. people are making comments to be able to say, you know what, actually, everyone gets impacted by mental health challenges. Everyone deals with stressors. You know, everyone can benefit from support or from help. We are social creatures and we depend on one another. And therapy is just another avenue, right? It's not the only, it's not a cure-all, but it's definitely a a very uh, helpful path to support folks, right? And that also includes finding therapists that that we can feel we can connect with and trust. Um, And that's why it's also important to interview our therapists, Mm -hmm. right? To see where they lie, right? Understand if they have any uh, stigmas or any misconceptions or assumptions, right? And seeking out folks that maybe do have some shared experiences with us that make it a lot easier to... Uh, facilitate the therapeutic process. Yeah, no, and I think that, you know, you've touched on a lot of uh, other areas I wanted to touch on, but I think that a big area that you just brought up was, you know, the concept of sometimes, you know, even mental health professionals, you know, kind of experience either stigmas themselves or Mm -hmm. kind of believe certain things which are stigmas. And that can affect their work. And I think that puts everyone kind of on like a like a more human scale. where mm-hmm. Because sometimes when we look at therapists and the people that are helping us with our problems or whatever's going on in our heads, sometimes we don't think that, hey, there might be stuff going on on the other end too that can affect the way that they're going to try to help you. And, yeah. and I, therapists are humans too. Mm-hmm. We're human first. We are susceptible to the same stuff. You know, I think that the difference here is that a good therapist would be very conscious of that, right? For example, for myself, right, being very conscious of my own biases and my own uh, misconceptions about folks and being able to address them myself, right, by going to therapy, by reading, by acknowledging my clients and not seeing them as one group or one size fits all, but as individuals who come in with their own experiences and their own uh, perspectives on those experiences and interpretations. Uh, So you can, and you can tell, I think that it's very, Mm -hmm. very easy to tell when you're talking to someone and you feel like, you know, there, there might be a comment around like, Oh, you know, you're, why did it take you so long to get help? Like, you know, blah, 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 like you're doing bad things, you know, versus someone who says, wow, like, I'm glad that you're here. It sounds like you've been having to really navigate so much. And it sounds like you, you, you've been surviving, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a big difference there, right? I, I think that we can tell between someone who stigmatizes uh, mental health, right? But based on judgment and someone who embraces and acknowledges that as humans, 
we spend a lot of time surviving and having to really navigate these things a lot of times alone or without the support of other people. And, you know, when I see people come to me, they're tired of just surviving. They Mm want to thrive, right? They're tired of feeling like they have to hold all these things and manage their own depression and anxiety. And they come in and they say, you know what, like I have not come in because I thought that that would mean that I was crazy or that there was something wrong with me or that I was weak and I couldn't handle it, but I'm realizing that I need help. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, a, that's, that's what I mean by normalizing, right? Acknowledging that we all need support, that mental health is real. It's as important as physical health. And there's actually no separation between body and mind. They are one, they are connected, they impact one and the other. And so recognize, also learning knowledge, right? Being mm-hmm. more conscious of the things that we learn about mental health and where we get that information. Right? Are we learning from a therapist, a licensed provider who does the work, or are we learning from an influencer, mm-hmm. right, or someone that maybe uh, doesn't have the background, right, in terms of like making clinical diagnoses or yeah. making uh, clinical opinions, right? I mean, of course, uh, I don't want to disregard people who are doing the work because obviously it's very necessary, mm-hmm. uh, and you know they have the knowledge as well. But I'm referring to making actual statements like, oh, you might be bipolar. Oh, yeah. you might, you know, this might be the best thing you can do for yourself, right? Because that should be left to a mental health professional because the reality is that that takes time and work and a lot of assessing and recommendations and trial and error for someone to actually understand what they're going through. Mm-hmm. So understanding stigma in that way too, right? That it can also uh, it can also make us feel like, well, how come I'm not recovering if I'm doing all these things I'm reading about? And, you know, there, I, maybe I'm doing something wrong or, or I'm really crazy, but instead being able to talk to someone that can really support and, and you know, help that person navigate mm-hmm. what they're going through. Yeah. And, yeah, and I think that when we're focusing on these stigmas, I think it's, it's really hard to allow ourselves to feel that, you know, humility of sometimes we're not right all the time. And that comes back from, you know, where we learn this information. You know, we've been telling ourselves the same information that we learned as kids all the time, but yeah. doesn't mean that that information was correct. And exactly. I think that thinking of life as an opportunity to grow and especially having these conversations where it's something really big, like, hey, like, I feel sad all the time. Like, really, should I just, you know, bury it down? Or should I kind of seek someone who can actually help me and not just uh, Jared down the street because sometimes he likes to listen to people, but actually finding someone who can help me. And, you know, that's why like a big thing, like from my end, like I can only tell people based on my experience. I only talk about my experience and what I've done in similar situations. Not, I can't sit there and say, hey, like if I were you, I'd do this. If I were you, you know, I'd get checked out for this. You know, if I feel like if there's something else going on, it's like, hey, like, I think right now might be the best time for you to seek mental, like a mental health professional, because I think that's what could really help. And I think that's where that stigma can start to help others, too, where it's like understanding what I can and cannot do. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, same thing for therapists, right? Like for myself, I won't tell you and sit there and say that I know I'm, you know, a specialist in eating disorders because I'm not, 
by my specialties lie in, in other areas. And so, I mean, that's also an important thing for therapists as well, right? For us to acknowledge where we are in terms of our scope, of, uh, scope uh, excuse me, where we are in terms of our scope of practice mm-hmm. and specializations, right? Because that's the other thing that if we're treating things where we don't have much info, then there could also be a stigma there, right? In terms of the, things, the way that we handle situations which is why, you know, a lot of therapists have their referral list, right? If we don't specialize in that, like, I don't work with couples either, right? I'm not going to sit there and say, yeah, I'm a couple therapist, let me work with you, and then create stigma in that way, right? So it's a responsibility on many different levels, uh, you know, clients and, and folks to interview, research, and feel comfortable, and therapists to do the work on their own, too, to make sure that they are providing the best types of services possible and also being uh, ethically aware of, the responsibility that they're taking on right, with different clients and different folks. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely is a uh, kind of a both-sided situation there. Yeah. Now, we are coming up at the end of our, you know, What is Stigma podcast. So for yeah. our final question, I really want to kind of know, coming from you, how can we break the stigma on a global scale? Yes, that is a wonderful question, and it's definitely a complex one because we need to not only have the conversations ourselves, right? Like I said, normalizing mental health and discussions around mental health, but also we have to talk about government involvement, right? The, the, The way that government passes policies, the services that they offer. I mean, there has to be a whole lot of work done around how to support mental health. And this is another part of that stigma that because mental health is seen as objective a lot of times around like who you know what is mental health what how are people impacted many places don't cover mental health treatment right and therapy can be expensive you get covered for more medical and even even with medical we have a lot of issues but when it comes to mental health it's even more backpedal right pushed to the back and not as uh not seen as important as it should be so i think when we're talking about global there definitely needs to be a lot of push towards policies and governmental changes that involve mental health and specifically focus on mental health right but we're seeing some stuff here in the bay area around even like instead of calling the police you call a special group of like mental health professionals to deal with folks who are experiencing like a mental health challenge versus like police coming in and arresting folks because we've seen the consequences of that we've seen that there's been a lot of death there's been a lot of you know just challenges with that and and so I think things like that are, are what needs to happen globally for people to start to really feel that they can uh, feel safe in expressing their mental mm-hmm. health and actually finding solutions. Uh, so definitely globally, I would say that, uh, you know, each, and, and that's the complicated part, right? Because each yeah. country is going to have their own perspective. Each place is going to have their own view. I know, for example, in a lot of Latin American countries, therapy is still seen as a luxury. A lot of people still, you know, don't see it as, as a, something that is, normalized yet or done mm-hmm. so I, I you know and i think that that's where it needs to happen is that i think government needs to also take a big step because they're the ones that put it out there and then folks can say okay so this is important you know now i have access to therapy you know i have access to talking to someone or i have some type of benefit uh, but there needs to be a lot of changes around that uh, because it is still very heavily stigmatized which is why there's so many programs that are underfunded underpaid providers burnout um you know a lot of 
still systemic injustices within therapy that's provided by systems, right? A lot of therapists that are not trained properly or not, uh, or forced to work with different groups that they have no background in or support in because of the need, long wait lists, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you can name it. There's a lot of stuff that needs to happen and change, um, you know, but I think at the individual level, what we can do is start to have conversations, start to support legislation and, and laws and, you know, fighting for mental health, um, you know, also supporting nonprofits and groups that are doing the work already. And mm-hmm. instead of, you know, like we have to start over, but actually supporting folks that are doing it, um, you know, and, and things like that. Yeah, no, I think that's wonderfully said. And I think, I think you gave our listeners and our communities a lot of information on, you know, what, what is stigma and kind of yeah. the action steps of, how do we get through it? How do we get by it? And how do we work on like ending it? And, you know, it's not going to be done by next Tuesday. Like it's, it's not happening. But I think that when we all start working together and continue our efforts, you know, we keep getting one step closer every single day we try. And so I do want to thank you for coming on today's podcast. Uh, You've been a wonderful guest. And I know this is not the last time our community is going to hear from you at all. So I want to say thank you for your time and your energy and all of your information that you shared with us today. Of course, of course. Thank you, Joy, for having me on. And definitely, I am always open to, uh, you know, being on the podcast and supporting folks in any way. Uh, I'm very passionate about mental health and destigmatizing uh, all those misconceptions, because it's really what holds us back a lot of times from being able to find the support that we need and it's crucial we're all human so thank you for having me here and being able to share that message as well well thank you thank you and for everyone else that's out there i hope that you learned a little bit just about what stigma is and we're going to be starting to have these topics uh more frequently because this these are the things that need to be talked about and also you know this is still for real stories too about real people so If you have a story or if you have a topic you're interested in sharing with me and our community, please reach out. You know, also, if you're struggling and having a hard day, reach out to us as well. I'm always here for you. I thank you for listening to today's podcast. I hope you have a wonderful night all, and I love you.